Strava Craft Coffee is rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or pre-ground. And if you use the code DNVR20, you're going to get that Strava Craft Coffee for 20% off. They'll send it right to your door. Avoid a trip to the grocery store or wherever else you may get your coffee. Have Strava send it right to you. Mm, it's good stuff. You're going to love it. So check out Strava today. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. They'll put a dynamic education at your fingertips. Never been a better time to go back and get that degree that you've been thinking of. And man, MSU Denver really does it right. It's rigorous. It's affordable. It's all the stuff that you're looking for in your online education. And hey, you know, I've seen some debate about this on uh, social media, Zach. You know, people are saying, hey, you know, if my kid's school isn't going to go back in session, why am I going to pay $60,000 of tuition, you know, to an out-of-state school when my kid can't even go there? And so my first thought was, well, why don't you transfer out, go to MSU Denver for a year or a semester to do your online classes? And I mentioned affordable, a lot more affordable than going to an out-of-state institution. And then you transfer back, you know, you get, you get good grades, you ace your classes, then transfer back to USC or wherever you're thinking. So I know we have some listeners out there who probably have kids in college that they're paying for. It's extremely expensive. And I completely relate to the person who's saying, man, I, don't, I can't imagine paying my out-of-state tuition uh, for my kid to be taking classes from his bedroom or her bedroom. So consider MSU Denver. Go to msudenver.edu slash online to check out all they have to offer. My boy! <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an old school show here today. We ended up having to start recording a little bit early because, of course, uh, our good friends, the Broncos, love to throw media availabilities at us at so random times with little warning. So, wrench in our gears this morning, which uh, unfortunately knocked mace out of the mix so it's just me and you zach throwing it old school for this thursday pod i love mace but this will be fun this will be fun and man i want to talk about something i've noticed over the last couple days and i think it's wild zach now i know you guys mentioned um new friend of broncos country nick wright yesterday which like Man, he, you know, did you watch the full clip? I did, yeah. So, wow. It, so, here's, here was my biggest takeaway from the full clip there. It was Eric Mangini absolutely called him out on how bad of a take this was. And he said a grand total of zero words in response to Eric Mangini. Like, he was just, he had no idea what he was doing, first of all. 
these comp you know these large media corporations need to stop asking guys like Nick Wright to make a prediction for every team in the NFL because he's just simply not prepared to do something like that. So he just thought uh, Broncos bad uh, 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 3-13. I got to make the numbers add up, and I need all these other teams that I like and I know a little about to win, so I need some teams to lose. Oh, there you go, Broncos lose. It's just like how the ESPN beat writers around the country, 14 out of the 16 beat writers picked their team to beat the Broncos. And I'm, that's, that's just coincidence, I guess, in the sense that you and I do the same thing, Zach. We go through the schedule, and we pick out the teams that we think the Broncos are better than, and we say that they're going to win those games. Well, as beat writers around the country are going through their schedule, they get to the Broncos. That looks like a winnable game for their team, so they put them down. But Nick Wright, I mean, has absolutely no business predicting a record for every team in the NFL. And when he got called out on the Broncos, he had no response because he doesn't know anything about the Broncos. Well, Ryan, it really reminds me of the Raiders podcast. Uh, 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 I don't, I don't like Drew Locke or the quarterback. I'm not going to say the name because um, I, I don't like him. I, that, that, you know, there, there's no justification behind it. It's exactly what you're saying with Nick Wright when he's asked why he doesn't like the Broncos. There's just, there's no answer to it. Yeah. So, that was one side of the spectrum, and that was a very uninformed opinion. Um, it's like, how do you get to the Broncos in 16 games win less games than Drew Locke won in five on his own? When, like, I would, I, like, I wish he had a justification because I want to hear his justification. It it feels like he doesn't even know who Drew Locke is, who Vic Fangio is what the defense has on the Broncos side, and then also what they did this offseason. Added multiple pro bowlers, added an All-American. It, it's, it's just like the, the eyes were closed the past year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to, uh, I don't know what to tell you because, again, it's just an, a completely uninformed opinion. Okay, so that's one side of things. Then yesterday, Zach, we get – the complete other side of things from the Nationals' perspective here. And I don't know, I, I could be wrong on this. I believe these two guys work actually for the same overarching media company, which is Fox. Um, you've got Colin Cowherd, who has really been pumping the Broncos really since the very end of last season. I think like shortly after the season ended, he said they're going to be the surprise playoff team of 2020 or something along those lines. But you've got Broncos go three and thirteen, and most likely get the number one pick or close to it. <laughs> and then Colin Cowherd comes out yesterday, and he predicts Drew Locke to win the MVP award. He says, you know, three years in a row, you've had a second-year quarterback who kind of comes out of nowhere and either contends in Carson Wentz um, situation or wins the MVP in this in the case of Patrick Mahomes. And then Lamar Jackson. So he went through every second-year quarterback. I mean, this includes my guy, Kyler Murray, former number one overall pick, who now has DeAndre Hopkins to throw to. He goes through every one, and he comes to Drew Locke as the most likely candidate to win the MVP. He says, if I've got to put money on it right now, I'm putting my money on Drew Locke to win the most valuable player in the NFL award. I mean, think, think of how wild that is. You know, that, that's not just um, Broncos go nine and seven and make the playoffs. That's at the very least 
like Broncos go 12 and four. And the only reason they don't win the division is because KC goes 13 and three, but you know, you're, this is not, you don't sneak into the playoffs and win MVP. That's probably Broncos win the division are the number one seed because we can't forget about the other side uh, of this team as well, which is the highest paid defense in the league with Vic Fangio. And if Drew Locke's winning MVP, well, Ryan, that formula that Vance Joseph talked about for so long is definitely clicking. The Broncos are playing with leads. Bradley Chubb, Jarrell Casey, Von Miller, they, they get to pin their ears back and attack the pass rusher. I can't see the, you know, Drew Locke winning MVP, the Broncos going nine and seven because the defense has given up 30 points per game. This is the number one seed in the AFC West with, as Colin Coward says, the best quarterback in the league on their side. I mean, just just the absolute contrast be, behind that blows my mind. And again, it kind of in my mind goes back to the fact that, eh, you know, the Broncos started 0-4 last year and everyone said, all right, they're dead, which rightfully so, they were dead. Um, and everyone just kind of stopped paying attention. Now, Colin Cowherd certainly knows more about the Broncos than Nick Wright does. I mean, he gave that take and defended his take for about three minutes of just straight Drew Locke went four and one over a two to one touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, you know, uh, he's now got Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant. He mentioned all those names. He said he thinks Noah Fant's going to break, break out this year. I mean, he gave an actual take, you know, instead of just writing a number on a piece of paper and then just not even defending it at all. So that to me you know, obviously you and I are a lot closer to where Colin Cowherd is. And I've mentioned Drew Locke as, yeah, I mean, in a, in a, I don't know, what's the word, a dream world, that would be what happens is he pops on the scene just the way those other second round quarterback or those second year quarterbacks have done. But man, you know, it's crazy to see that there's a national person out there who's higher on the Broncos than we are and, and informed about the Broncos, not just saying, Oh, uh, yeah, well, they're just due, you know, they're going to come back eventually. Like he knows what he's talking about. So it's a, uh, it, it's pretty impressive. Colin Cowherd, probably not the best at making predictions ever in the world, but it's just, it's just so interesting that you have one person saying they're going to get the number one pick and one person saying they're going to have the number one seed. Yeah, just a, uh, a clap, a round of applause for Colin Coward for giving some love to Broncos country as we know that a lot of the national media is still pretty far away from that. So, Ryan, my question to you is, what would you put the odds, the percentages are, that each of these cases happen? Okay. Um... The number one pick and Drew Locke winning MVP. The number one pick, or 3-13, and 13, I didn't see his NFC prediction, so I don't know if he had someone going 2-12 and 12 or worse. Um, so 3-13 and 13 or MVP. Zach, I don't want this to be misconstrued in any way or shape or form because I am definitely, in my prediction, think it's more likely that the Broncos are closer to Drew Locke winning MVP, meaning they are good, than they are going 3-13. and 13. With that being said, I I think it would be, I mean, maybe a 3% chance that Drew Locke wins MVP, and, and I'm 
talking myself into going higher than maybe 1%. Um, And then I would say it is a 5% chance the Broncos go 3-13, and but I'll touch wood right now. It's because I can, you know, it's more likely to me that everyone gets injured. You know, like you have four or five really crippling injuries that just derail the entire season. Um, I'm not even going to name names because I don't want to put that out there in the world. But that to me has a higher chance of happening than Drew Locke winning MVP. And it's not because I don't believe in Drew Locke. Everyone knows that. It's because the competition is just absurd. I mean, you're talking about Drew Locke going up against, you know, all these guys who are 99 overall ratings in Madden. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady with all these weapons. Like, there is such stiff competition for that award. It's literally for the best player in the best league. So I can see Drew Locke being in the conversation, and that is an incredible thing if that happens. Uh, but, man, for, that, for him to win MVP, like we mentioned, you're talking about the Broncos unseating the Chiefs, going 13-3 and three, while the Chiefs go 12-4, and four, winning the division, averaging, you know, 27 points per game. It's just a, a scenario that requires you to really go to a crazy place. And, again, I'm, I think these two things are close in that they're both extremely unlikely. But knowing football, I think a, a – barrage of injuries is probably more likely than Drew Locke becoming the best player in football. And I think one of them is way more extremely unlikely than the other. And that's finishing three and 13 because Ryan, it would take so many injuries to this team. Now touch and wood, if Drew Locke gets hurt, Jeff Driscoll, that's not really the backup plan that you wanted. But this defense should be good enough to win a couple of games right there. And I just, I mean, if Drew Locke gets hurt in week one, touching wood, then it's, you know, that 3-13 and 13 is possible. But I just don't think that every other injury is going to happen because you have stacked, you're stacked on the defensive side of the ball. You have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball. Now, like you said, Drew Locke, um, it would be crazy to put the odds higher than 5% that he wins MVP. That's just 20 to one odds, which doesn't seem crazy enough. So maybe I'll go like 30 to one, maybe a 3% chance that that happens. And I guess I'll go 2% chance that the Broncos finish uh, three and three and 13, even 1%. I mean, I just, I don't think that's going to happen because this team doesn't ride or die on one player in terms of being, you know, really bad because like I said, they lead the league in, in the amount of money they're spending on the defensive side of the ball. That's not just on one player. So if I'm, if I was given a hundred bucks and said, place it on uh, Drew Lockwood and MVP or the Broncos going three and 13, every cent of that $100 is going on Drew Lock. Well, I would do that too, just because I mean, I'm not, I, it's a way more fun bet to follow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, again, I think these things are both, extremely unlikely for me it's just injuries are more likely I mean I guess you you could have injuries to Patrick Mahomes Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers and (laughs) and you know any anyone else Lamar Jackson and all these guys I guess that's also could happen which would maybe open the door for Drew Locke but again I mean you know 
again, I don't want to name names, but it, there's probably a combination of four injuries that could happen to the Broncos that I think would bring three and 13 into play. Not still very unlikely, but at least more likely, you know, than Drew Locke all of a sudden being better than Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And I think Drew Locke's going to be a very good NFL quarterback this year. But there's a, there's a whole other level up, up there. And I, I think he can reach it eventually. I just think uh, a little bit of recency bias is making us think that that's a lot more possible than it should be. But then on the other hand, you just look at all the weapons that he has. And now what are the chances that Jerry Judy, um, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, uh, and Alberto all take those big steps that, that we expect, at least from the veterans, to take a big step. And then all of those rookies come onto the scene at the exact same time. It's probably not realistic that all of those are going to happen. But the tools are there where it wouldn't, it shouldn't shock anyone looking at the end of this season and saying, oh my gosh, Drew Locke has so many weapons. And obviously we know that. But it shouldn't be shocking the national media. Look, you have a second-round wide receiver that turned into a pro bowler. You have a first-round tight end. You have a first-round All-American wide receiver. You have a second-round wide receiver. You have two pro bowl running backs. That right there, that's six weapons, not to mention one of Drew Locke's favorite college uh, targets in Albert O. That is that right there. That's a ton. Now, they are, they are all young. But still, I mean, the, the explosiveness that is there is exciting. That, that's, that's the best word for it. It's really exciting. It's funny. We're moving towards the draft in the DNVR Madden League. And I went and looked at Albert Okwebunam's 40 time in Madden. And I honestly think they just can't put it at a reasonable place for a rookie tight end. Like, they have him running like a four, six, eight, or something like that. Ridiculous. Because if they had him running a four or five, then he just comes in and you've got this big tight end who has like 90 speed, or maybe not 90, but like 88 speed, and no one can cover him, and that's just unfair. And, and in the end, that could be what happens with Albert O. In the uh, – damn it, I, I promised I wouldn't do that. Albert Okwebunam <laughs> in the NFL. So just uh, something to, to mention. By the way – the last few days in the DNVR Madden League have been so fun. We're working towards the draft, and off-season trades just opened up, and everyone has just been going haywire. I, uh, uh, I heard you landed your dream quarterback. Not only did I land my dream quarterback, Zach, but I also paired him up with maybe the player that you would want to pair him up with the most in the entire NFL. Who is that? Christian McCaffrey. Oh, man. How did you pull that off? Was Christian on your team already? No. Um, I made a, a blockbuster trade to acquire Christian McCaffrey. And I also put to piece together one of the best offensive lines in the league. So, How did you boy, do this? I, 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 you know, I had a lot of draft capital. Um, I obviously had good draft capital because I uh, – was one of the worst teams in the league. And so I just, you know, instead of sitting back and waiting for the draft, I decided to turn those into real players and also uh, sacrificed a bit of my defense to beef up my offense because, you know, my, my defense was good last year. It kept me in games, but it wasn't fun, like, losing games 14 to 10. 
So, so you're going you're going 2013 Broncos. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to beef it up. My wide receivers could use some work, but I have this offensive line. I have Kyler Murray, Christian McCaffrey. I think we're going to be able to put up points. I mean, how many first-round picks did you have to trade this offseason? Uh, I traded two, only two. Wow, that's incredible to get a but franchise also, quarterback and Christian. Yeah, but I also traded my best, my two best players on defense, <laughs> um, uh, Hunter Henry. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I made some good deals. I don't know if um, there was some sympathy being thrown my way because my team was so bad last <laughs> year that, you know, some of our loyal listeners didn't want to see me struggle like that. But, you know, I pulled off some, some pretty good deals. Were there some tears coming from your eyes in order to make those deals work? No, no, no. <laughs> but one time when I was a kid, I did fake cry to um, get my family to adopt this dog that I really wanted. <laughs> and uh, it worked, and she was the best dog I've ever had in my life. Wow. So when, when you get those, uh, those eyes wet, it, it works. Exactly. All right, let's uh, move on here, and a big shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery, of course, the official beer of DNVR. We absolutely love everything they have to offer, and it's so cool because, you know, they were one of the OG big companies that believed in DNVR, and, uh, and now, you know, they're slowly but surely becoming part of a long list. So we'll always remember Breck as the, the first, you know, big dog that said uh, dnvr is legit actually back then it would have been bsn denver is legit so always keep that in mind when you're in the uh the beer aisle at the liquor store and you see that 15 can sampler from breck you know say hey those guys believed in my guys when i believed in them too so shout out to breck get you some strawberry skies for this weekend speaking of big dogs and loving everything they have to offer guys the big dogs of DraftKings sportsbook are in Colorado and legal sports betting is here. The wait is over and we are so pumped to be partnering with DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, sports isn't fully here yet, but they've got everything you could bet on that, that is here already. Not only the great props that we talk about about Broncos season, but they've got any single sport that's happening in this world, they've got on there. So you don't have to wait for sports to be back in America to start betting legally in Colorado. And the awesome thing about it is you can do it from your phone with by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use that code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, guys. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget to enter code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit, bon deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Zach, I was on the heater of a lifetime on DraftKings. Maybe not of a lifetime. One time I think I won like 17 in a row. Um, but I was on an insane heater. Uh, I was nine for my last 12 going into last night, including six for my last eight on the KBO. 
and I was just feeling myself a little too much. I, I got a little greedy and uh, the heater is over, but I'm still, you know, let's see, I was nine and three. I'm still 10 and six. So after a, uh, a one and three night last night, kind of, kind of put a dent in my ego, which was growing to catastrophic (laughs) sizes, but um, you know what? Just got to get back on the horse and ride again tonight. Uh, but yeah, ten and six over my last sixteen. You know, you'll still take that. Hey, ten and six. You'll take that betting. You'll take that if you're the Broncos this year. Ten and six, a good number. Amen. Amen. I agree completely. Uh, so yeah, make sure you check out DraftKings. I'm having so much fun over there. Like, there's more. There, you know, there's more than you think out there to bet on right now. And like I mentioned the other day, the free pools really fun to get in on you know you you, you're checking the weather around Colorado you're like oh no I can't have Pueblo go over 76 and a half degrees today like (laughs) we need a gust of wind out there Uh, so just all these little funny things and like I said if you watch Chopped you can get in on that Um, the app man it really runs smooth and and it's almost part of what makes you want to keep coming back you just want to open the app and see what's going on in there and in fact Today is the one, I believe it's a one year anniversary of sports betting becoming legal outside of Las Vegas when they opened it up in New Jersey and whatnot. And so it's free bet day, 514. And you, if you're just on there and you, and you use the code DNVR and you signed up, well, you just get one free, free $5 bet that you can just throw on anything you want today and maybe get yourself a little head start. Oh, I love who who doesn't love free five dollars, especially when you can turn that into more money. And I have to say, I highly recommend, you know, getting in now because there's a little bit of an advantage for you for sports not being back right now, which is that DraftKings is just sending out these promos. And, you know, there was last night, uh, if you bet on UFC, all of your losses turned into free bets. So it was like you got a mulligan uh, for all of your bets that you made on UFC last night. Um, they also did, of course, the six and a half over under for the Broncos. Um, they did a, uh, a over under 11 seconds in the main event of the UFC fight last weekend, which obviously it was going over 11 seconds. In fact, the fighters didn't even touch each other until about 27 seconds of that fight. So... <laughs> You know, they're doing lots of fun things to, to, to get people engaged and to get people in the door. And since I, I've personally been in since day one, and I think you have too, Zach, you're just getting to cash in on all these things. Uh, it's not like some businesses where if you miss out on the deal, uh, you know, then you, you, you're just uh, SOL. Like there's just a new deal every day. I was going to say every time I open the app, there's something new, which is just so, so fun. It really is fun. All right, let's move on to the questions from the good people here, Zach. And you got the first one? Coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys. A couple of years ago, Joe Thomas was asked after retiring whether he had ever considered leaving Cleveland. He claimed that while he never really entertained the thought, a certain quarterback tried to get him to force a trade in 2015. While he did not give a name, he heavily implied it was PFM. Allegedly, PFM tried to convince Thomas to take a dump on Ray Farmer's desk. Given what you know about Manning, can you see him actually having this conversation? Further, how much different would these last few years have been with Joe Thomas on this offensive line? 
Uh, first of all, yes, I can 100% <laughs> see Peyton Manning doing that. Uh, not even, I don't even have to think twice about that. Um, to now, pro- I think to protect that, yourself, absolutely. Exactly. Now, I think the take a dump on his desk was probably a, a metaphorical expression, uh, but saying, you know, go, go stir up some you-know-what and, and get them to trade you. Uh, the Broncos are ready to make a trade and bring you over here for me. I mean, 2015, you know, that's when you were looking at uh, Ty Sam Brylow as a rookie starting at left tackle for the Broncos. And while Peyton publicly was, you know, obviously saying all the right things, he knew behind closed doors a rookie left tackle was not going to be an exciting thing for him to be behind. And, of course, Ty Sam Brylow gets injured in week two. So then he's behind, uh, you know, a, a hodgepodge of veterans as they're trying to fill that spot. Uh, and I, I'm trying to – I'm blanking on who they ended up settling on playing left tackle for most of that season. But, yeah, on a Joe Thomas. And then you ask how would things be different if Joe Thomas came. I think Joe Thomas would have won the Super Bowl with Peyton and retired himself. <laughs> and if he didn't, though – then you're avoiding having to uh, pay big money to Donald Stevenson, Menelik Watson, all of those guys. Um, and he retired in t- after the 2017 season, but was a pro bowler in 2015 and 2016. Maybe the Broncos make the playoffs in 2016 with a pro bowl left tackle. I could see it for sure. Man, that'd be, that'd be something else. But I mean, it's they not like they had him forever. They did have Russell Okung that season, who, funny enough, also had a holding issue that was bringing back big plays. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, ha- it does happen to decent players out there. That was the year that Russell Okung tried to negotiate his own contract, and the Broncos only paid him like $3 million or something to be their starting left tackle. Yeah, and uh, with the promise of, if you make it past this year, we'll give you $45 million. But we get to decide. Yeah, that's what we call a one-year Band-Aid. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, wow. And then the next year he got like a, what, three-year, $33 million contract or something with the Chargers? Yep, yep. Before so. being shipped off now to uh, Carolina. There you go. Okay, next one here is from Mile High Mike. Your takes on Prince Mukamara going to Vegas brought me some peace. Sounds like Sutton and Judy can still have their way when we play the Raiders this season. I'm sure I'm not the only one uh, to want to hear the, about this, so I'm commenting early, but let's hear it. What do you guys think of the Rams' new threads? Seems the general consensus is that they're atrocious. I'll be in the minority here and say they're just fine. The number design is what's unspeakable, but if you fix the numbers, I think you got a great look. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, if, you know, um, Abraham Lincoln didn't get shot, he would have enjoyed the play. Like, oh my gosh. the number design is absolutely atrocious. So in, in conclusion, the, the jerseys are absolutely atrocious. The numbers are the biggest thing that you see when you look at a jersey. That's the point of the jerseys to see the numbers. <laughs> so first of all, the numbers are the worst in the NFL. And then you add in the fact that the little name tag on the shoulder looks like, you know, a, a employee at a convenience store. Um, you have the, the, the yellow is way too bright. 
the ram horns, which were amazing before, they overthought those. So in in the end, I give this uniform a zero out of ten. <laughs> I I actually really like their helmets, and I I really haven't liked their helmets in the past. Really like their helmets, and that's all about the, the that's the extent of the good things I can say about it. It just it doesn't go every time I see it. I want to like it and I can't, it's really hard to like. And why, why, why would you have a color named bone? I think that is so brutally bad. It looks like they just found jerseys from 1940 and said, all right, let's slap some, uh, you know, metallic numbers on here and we'll be good. Those things look disgusting. I'm so glad you're on board with me. I don't I don't understand how okay, maybe if I had never seen the old helmets, I might think these helmets are are okay. But the dark blue helmet with the white horns, like this is, you know, this is my one admission as a CU fan. The the horn helmets look awesome. Like wow. CU's CSU's helmets are cool. Their normal ones are cool. When they try to get fancy with like the bone design and all that stuff, then they ruin it. But the classic green and gold horns with the swoop look nice. And this was, you know, an even better color combination of blue and white. Those were good helmets. I don't understand why they tried to change. (laughs) So you could say uh, we're pretty mild on our takes about their jerseys. Uh, yeah, exactly. He goes on and says, I saw a post by a major sports social page. I don't remember which. And they asked everyone to rank the new uniforms from best to worst. Someone said you were, uh, someone responded saying, you mean from Chargers to Rams? And I got a real good laugh. Sending love. I've spoken. Mile High Mike. Oh, man. Mile High Mike. We love hearing from you. Ryan, are the Rams ones the worst of the new ones? Oh, God. Atlantas are so bad. Yeah. Um... You know what? Yes, the Rams are the worst because they took a good uniform and made it bad. Uh, the The Falcons took a bad uniform and made it worse. <laughs> so their change is is just you know a less drastic change. Um, I think the three best are definitely Chargers, Browns, and Buccaneers. Um, I personally like the Browns the most, but wow. I can I can understand the. Uh, the, the argument for any of those three does this happen every offseason where so many teams change their jerseys or is this i mean I, I feel like this is like christmas morning in terms of those jersey lovers out there yeah i think seven teams changed their jerseys this year which is i think even more than when nike took the contract and you know they redid the seahawks and trying to remember they redid quite a few teams but i don't even think then they did seven yeah, it, it's crazy. So, I mean, you and Mace must just be loving this offseason. Yeah, we're loving it. Uh, I just – I always thought that Nike came to these teams and said, like, hey, we want to do a redesign. I never knew that Joel – like, the, the team owner had to request it. Right. I guess, yeah. like, I knew that the team owner had to say, like, yes. But I always thought Nike kind of had a file of, okay, let's do these teams first, and then we'll get around to these teams. And it just surprises me that the Broncos still haven't done it because anyone knows that that is a, a stale looking uh, uniform. It's just, it's not, it's not classic enough to be classic. It's not modern enough to be modern. It's just stuck in the time when it happened, which is late nineties. And, 
as much as I love late 90s fashion from a like for lack of a better term, hipstery perspective, <laughs> um, it's not, it is not a, a good look from a uniform perspective. Well, and yeah, and we know it's not going to change drastically anytime soon, likely. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing that a lot of Broncos fans, you know, I always say this, the tweets that you have that no one wants to hear never get any action and then never, no one ever learns the information. And the big tweet from one of the post-game or post-season press conferences with with Joe Ellis was, I'm not changing the uniforms. That's going to be up to the next owner. So yeah. I, I, I'm with everyone. I, I like, you know, talking about changing them. The one uh, that someone did with the navy blue helmet, the orange jersey, and the white pants, mostly in the uh, color rush um, uh, world was really nice. Uh, but, again, Joe Ellis has kind of put his foot down on that and said, well, that's going to be up to the next owner. So. Unfortunately, like many things with the Broncos, it's stuck until until they make moves on that. Yep, yep. Bust stuff chiming in. Hypothetical, you're an NFL general manager. You get to only use one of the following to evaluate your talent. One, Madden ratings. Two, PFF ratings. Which rating system do you base your entire roster on? Draft, free agency, setting the depth chart, etc. Also, if John Elway had to choose between these two, would he just retire? <laughs> oh man this is really interesting uh and i don't know if this is the hotter take but it it seems pretty obvious to me i would go with the madden ratings um because you you have a lot more information at your side now i don't i mean i guess pff ratings could be interpreted in in a bunch of different ways but i'm thinking like we're talking the overall pff rating like you're looking at what their score is at their position, not like every little advanced metric that PFF tracks. Right. Um, Madden, you know, for me, I'm building an entire team around speed and I can easily go into Madden and see how fast these guys are, at least to a decent guess. You know, they're not accidentally putting guys with 95 speed who run four sevens. (laughs) If you're building the Broncos, you may want to go with PFF though, because man, unless Madden's changed in the last year, they've never, they have not been kind to the Broncos in so long. But you're building a new team. Yeah. So you get to build the team. I'm probably going Madden. And the reason for that is because PFF, there are some guys that you're just baffled with, either that they're good or they're bad. I feel like Madden, you know, you, you may not be baffled. You may be like, ah, why is Chris Harris an 88? He should be a 91. But that's not like baffling, you know? Yeah. Let me put it this way. Uh, Garrett Bowles has a mid to high 70s rating on PFF. And on Madden, he's rated a 69. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. He probably falls somewhere in between those two areas. Yeah. But, you know, if you're building a team and you're and you don't know anything about Garrett Bowles and you just saw his PFF rating, you're probably saying like, Oh, well I can sit back a little bit and get this guy in the later rounds of this fantasy draft. And he's, you know, a very solid left tackle. As we know, he is a a, uh, decent might be a little too much praise there, but you know, he's a bottom third, an acceptable left tackle in my opinion and and definitely not in the opinion of most Broncos fans so somewhere between acceptable and unacceptable um not great not good but 
yeah, so I, I think I'm actually going mad. <laughs> Fun question there, Buff Stuff. World of Suck coming in says, which would you rather have in a draft class? Two all-pro players or five guys that are starters or significant contributors? So easy. So easy. Two all-pros all day, every day. Yep, that's exactly what I'm choosing, too. You need, right. you, you need that star power. You, you absolutely need it. From Count Locula, most impactful Bronco with two or fewer seasons played in Denver in the modern era. <laughs> uh, we need Mace here for this one. I like that the Count kept it in the modern era. I have two guys that jump out to me. One, Clinton Portis. Okay. Now in two full seasons, right? Yep. Two full seasons of absolute beast mode. I mean, it's hard to find two seasons of anyone that were better in the Broncos and probably really anywhere in the league. Now, of course, there's going to be some, but it's hard to find better than that. And the other one I'll go with, maybe because just my heart tells me to go with this, is Wes Welker. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I, I've got my mine here now I think technically he was on the team for three seasons but I'm not counting his rookie year Uh, I'm going Timothy Tebow (laughs) well and that's actually in the next comment he goes non-quarterback for that question please we all know the answer to that one but yes of course it would be Tim Tebow without a doubt did he play three or was it just two it was was just two okay I I couldn't remember no no it was three i can't remember because he josh mcdaniels drafted him the first year he was here right no Mm-mm. it was this, it was the next year Heck yeah i think so. <laughs> i don't know why i remember him like barely playing as a rookie and then maybe maybe being more involved but no no i think it is yeah it was his his second season in the league that he had that he started with the broncos that he got his first time on the field? Well, I think he came in as a rookie. Like, remember, he started a game for Eric Studisville? Yep, and that was his rookie season. And then 2011 yeah. was the next year. He was only on the team for two years. Just looked well, it up. I mean, you want to talk about most impactful? <laughs> I mean, no one has talked about more as a Bronco who's only on the team for two years than, no. than Tebow. No, and I don't think anyone will be able to cap that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's anyone else that sticks out to me. I mean, Evan Mathis right. comes in and holds it down, you know, pretty darn well as a as a guard for a Super Bowl team. Yep. Man, Brian, Tim's only 32 years old. He could be the Broncos quarterback for another decade. <laughs> I would love, you know, the Broncos probably don't win a Super Bowl in the Tim Tebow timeline, so I'm not saying I would trade it, but I just want to see it. I want to be able to, like, go to an alternate reality, especially with no sports right now, and just live in the world where Tim Tebow becomes the Broncos franchise quarterback. Just thinking about it puts a smile on my face. (laughs) (laughs) At the very least, it'd be more entertaining than whatever the hell we've been watching for the last couple years. (laughs) No doubt. All right, from Illinois Bronco. What up, fellas? I just finished watching a video of Colin Cowherd. I know, Colin Cowherd. Evaluating second-year quarterbacks that could have a huge season. Came down to Kyler Murray and Drew Locke. He picked Drew Locke, as we talked about earlier. Even though Colin Cowherd has had some uh, head-scratching takes at times, his reasoning as to why he chose Locke was very agreeable. He even mentioned that not a lot of people paid too close attention to him due to the fact that the Broncos were not very good. Hat tip to Colin for that. 
With all that being said, I have a fun little exercise. Drew Locke is the MVP of the 2020 season with the stat line of what? Mm. And he gives us passing yards, rushing yards, passing TDs, rushing TDs, and completion percentage. Interesting combination of stats there. But uh, <laughs> uh, I like this. I'm going to go passing yards, 4,500. Okay. I'm going to go passing yards, uh, 4,750. Okay, I like that rushing yards. Oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna go two twenty. I mean, I'm gonna say he averages like seventeen yards a game. What does that get me to? Uh, maybe three hundred. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, rushing TDs or passing TDs, it's gotta be way up there. Um, yeah. I'll say forty four. Yep. Yep, I was going to go 45, do 4,500 yards, 45 touchdowns. Yeah, Man, that which was, is nuts. That's uh, just, you know, I wanted to, if I had a direct line to Colin Cowherd, I would say, dude, you got to go over to DraftKings Sportsbook and crush <laughs> these Drew Locke props. <laughs> you're thinking that he's, we just said he's going to more than double their touchdown prop. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know, beat the yards prop by 1,500 yards. So if, if Colin Coward thinks he has a chance at winning MVP, he really needs to go hit those props. He does. And, Ryan, rushing touchdowns, I'm going to go three, two. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it won't have any effect on the final decision of whether he's the MVP or not. And completion percentage. Um, 68%. Yeah, I'm going to go 67%. Do you realize how incredible it would be to watch that season? I, I just can't – when I'm saying all of those things, when, I, when it actually comes out of my mouth, I can't believe that we watched Peyton do that and do 10 more touchdowns, 1,000 more yards. It's, it's crazy. It was so crazy, and it looked so effortless. Mm-hmm. That was the crazy part about it is, like, I don't know. If Drew Locke did this, it would look a lot different than the way that Peyton Manning did it. Like, right. I guess it's because Peyton, he, got, he hit the chunk plays once, once in a while, but it was mostly just, like, moving everyone around before the snap and just getting Wes Welker open, you know, four yards down the field and taking a six-yard chunk at a time. <laughs> yeah, man, I just remember that whole season – literally felt like a Madden game because you'd be on the one yard line about to score. Uh, you just hand it off for a touchdown, but no, it would, they would throw it. It felt like I play in Madden. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't care about this even rushing and passing attack. I want my quarterback to throw for seven touchdowns this game. Well, that's because they didn't ever get called for pick plays. Those throwing <laughs> touchdowns on the goal line was the easiest thing ever because you just ran one dude into the corner and let Wes Welker <laughs> skip across the uh, the goal line there. And Peyton, of course, hits him in stride. Yeah, just don't send Wes Welker out to uh, hit anyone. No, you know, DT was just clearing space. Or, uh, what, was that, what was that guy's name? Um, Eric something, Decker? Something, Matt Willis? Oh. That guy who was on that team? Maybe. <laughs> like, they're just sending guy, random guys out there. They're just like, I'll oh, just go run into that corner and see what happens. <laughs> we'll take a bigger guy than Wes Welker and do that. Oh, man, I love it. That was a fun question, Illinois Bronco. Sound guy coming in. Says, my boys, what was your honest take on the Vance Joseph era? At the time, I was only getting my info from the team site in Orange and Blue 760. Also, what's your level of confidence in the current coaching staff? 
Well, Ryan, how much time do we have to talk about the Vance Joseph era? Yeah. Uh, my honest take on the Vance Joseph era is that he was in over his head. He wasn't prepared to be a head coach, and he had no quarterback, which automatically sinks just about any coach. So the combination of those two things is why it looked like a tire fire. And on top of that, he wasn't really empowered, um, which just throws a whole nother thing in the process of it all. Yeah, totally. It was a, uh, it was hard to watch because, uh, you know, uh, Vance was good to us from a media perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes, he certainly was. And practices were always good. <laughs> Why you got to do that? <laughs> Literally my least favorite joke you could make. about <laughs> Well, it got you to laugh. So at least it was a joke. <laughs> it got me to laugh out of anger. <laughs> From Drew Locker Boy. Hey, boys, there appears to be mixed opinions on Twix. A Twix mix. Uh, I personally would say it's probably like fourth all time. My first has to be Reese's. What's your favorite candy? Thanks, Drew Locker. We, I mean, we've gone over this before. I just think, again, Twix, the sum is less than the parts. (laughs) So I kid you not, Ryan. Um, My girlfriend did not hear this conversation on the pod on Tuesday. And Tuesday night comes around. And, of course, the conversation was I said I like Twix. And you said the idea of it's really good. But Twix itself, it just the parts aren't good. And my girlfriend said, you know, I really want to bake something, make something. And she said, just stumbled across this recipe for a, uh, a homemade vegan Twix bar. And I think I want to do that this weekend. I said, no way. <laughs> and so we're, we're going to make them. And uh, maybe if they're, uh, and so there you go. Now I get to try what, you know, high quality Twix looks like. Well, I don't know if you do because <laughs> you can't have milk chocolate or milk in the caramel. Yeah, I think the caramel was flavored... Maple syrup was one of the things in the caramel. So we'll see. I mean, it <laughs> might end up being better than Twix, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that's going to be the be-all, end-all of this conversation. Yeah, there's some almond flour in there, so we'll see. Almond flour is good. That's a somewhat keto-friendly, I think. Oh, yeah, it would be. High protein. I've been... Uh, I've been on the grind. I'm, I'm back on the grind. You know, I, oh. I used quarantine as a excuse to not be on the grind, but I'm back on the grind. <laughs> nice, nice. So a lot of almond flour in your life, huh? Um, not yet. You know what? I, I am too lazy to, be, to make all those crazy things. <laughs> so just I'm a just lot like, of uh, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, yeah, I could make that recipe that takes two hours or i could just throw a chicken breast on the grill (laughs) so i know which one you're going with yeah exactly from orange bronco uk hey guys last week i asked which of the current defensive starters you would have started during super bowl 50 this week i wanted to know if any of our current young offensive starters would have started during super bowl 50 thanks for your time and keeping quarantine relatively more bearable also, congratulations to Xbox DNVR League Commissioner Timmy on winning the first Super Bowl of the league with the Jets. Yes, big congrats to Timmy. Hey, Timmy, congratulations. Timmy, an OG BSN commenter and uh, certainly a worthy champion of the DNVR League. He put the biggest beat down on me that anyone did. So. <laughs> oh, man. Do you want to reveal that score? 
Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was like 59 to 21 or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's like he had Kyler Murray and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I don't even remember. It was early in the season. It was it was tough. It's tough to watch. <laughs> um, okay, so I have quite a few candidates here. Um, first of all, Philip Lindsay is at running back. And I honestly think if, an, if it's an option, you just trade the running back room completely. So you'll take Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, kick out Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson. Um, yep. Since we're only counting – since I think we're only counting three starters at wide receiver, you got to choose one. And instead of doubling down on big wide receivers, I'm doubling down on fast wide receivers. So I'm going to go DT and Emmanuel on the outside and Jerry Judy in the slot. Oh, I love that one. I have to, I have to roll with that one too. And then – I think uh, at tight end, you're going to, despite the fact that, you know, Owen Daniels and Peyton Manning had a nice little connection between each other, I'm going to take the more talented player and give Peyton Noah Fant running through the middle of the field. Yep, yep. I like that too. Uh, I'm doing the same things, except I think you're going Melvin Gordon at running back. I, I just think that that's what they would do. Yeah, I mean, Melvin and Peyton would be a really good combination. But I think so would Phil and Peyton. That's why I just want both of them out there. Yep, man, that would be fun. Anyone on the line? Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought of the line yet. You're definitely putting Dalton Reisner in there. Yep. Um, you, do I get to choose Graham Glasgow? Yeah. Okay, he's in there. Yeah. Um, and then – I, you keep Paradis at center. Yeah. Um, and I can't even – I guess you just roll with those vet, veteran tackles. <laughs> I mean, is John James healthy? Like, I'll take him if he's healthy. Right, right. But you're not going Garrett Bowles, huh? No, I'll pass on that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that either. I don't think Peyton could have handled Garrett Bowles in that way. I think he probably would have lost his mind. Yes, certainly. <laughs> Um, it is time to talk about our friends over at WGT. Easily the most fun game I have on my phone. Uh, all you got to do to download it is go to dnvrgolf.com. There's a link to download it there. Don't go directly to the app store because then they won't know that you're a DNVR person, uh, part of the family. So it's, it's pretty awesome, man. And as you work through and you get better gear, you keep getting better and better and we're going to have a uh, bi-weekly tournament. So we've got a tournament coming up this Sunday. That was really fun to participate in last week. I was like playing a practice round before and everything. Like it was a real tournament. Uh, so even though it might be tough to get out on the golf course right now, which shout out to golf courses. Now that they open, they are booming. Everyone has been itching to get out on the golf course. You got to book a tee time like two weeks in advance. So if you can't get your weekend tee time in, make sure you go to dnvrgolf.com and download WGT today. And guys, speaking of golf weather, it is the weather to take your lawnmower out and get everything trimmed up. But I'm not talking about the grass. I'm talking about below the belt trimming from Manscaped. That's what they're all about. And guys, the Lawnmower 3.0 is the best lawnmower out there. It could probably cut grass. It's so powerful, but it would never take uh, the sprinklers off because it's got all the protection that you need for no nicks 
and, and cuts down there. So make sure to check out Manscaped. I recommend the Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with that perfect lawnmower 3.0 uh, for all the shaving you need. The Crop Preserver, which is a nice deodorant. The Crop Reviver, which is a toner and refresher. And it comes with an awesome travel bag, shaving mats. I mean, everything you need, including the most comfortable set of boxers you've ever worn. And guys, use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off all of this and free shipping. So hit up DNVR20 on Manscaped. Definitely do that. I, I really am serious when I tell you that those products are legit. You know, of course, <laughs> the Lawnmower 3.0 is legit. But I mean, all of the bonus products you get, those things, those things will, uh, will get you right. Tell you no, that. Without a doubt. Iceman chiming in. Hey, amigos. Colin Coward has Andrew Locke as the odds on favorite for NFL MVP in 2020. My floor for the Broncos is 12 and 4. My ceiling <laughs> is 16 and 0. No playoff guess. I just have to wait to see how the year number, or have to wait to see in year uh, 101 if 12 and 4 will be good enough to make the playoffs. No team in the first 100 years missed the playoffs with 12 wins, but several teams with 11 wins, including the Broncos, have missed the postseason. Have, have, you have to go through DNVR help for them to change your name. You cannot do it on your own. They will need to approve your new name and then change it for you. Go America, Broncos, Andrew, a.k.a. very soon, Mr. MVP. Oh, Iceman, I never get tired of your comments, and I don't think I ever will. No, I love them. I think that... Um, he takes notes while he listens to the podcast, but they're all on the same line. And then he just <laughs> copies and pastes it into the comment section. And it's amazing every time. And then adds a go at the end. And I love it. Yep. It's perfect. From Cam Walter. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this or not, but the NFL is doing a Madden simulation of the season. As of last night, they have the Broncos starting 0-3. I accept the fact that the national media doesn't really pay attention to any Colorado teams a long time ago, but this is getting absurd. Did they forget that we spanked one of their darling teams in Houston and we improved significantly this offseason? I hope the boys are seeing this stuff and letting it fuel the fire. Thank you for letting me vent. And as always, keep up the incredible work. Cheers. Wait, are you, are you, are you tying the national media to a Madden simulation? <laughs> I think so. We're just trying to get mad at everything. Um, and, Ryan, you know how we talked about if you'd want the PFA, PFF rankings or the Madden rankings? Well, I'm – going pff now if the broncos are going zero and three well yeah okay here's the thing drew lock is like a 67 overall in this game oh um, wow uh Cortland sutton is actually pretty good but not as good as he should be uh you know you go across the line garrett Bowles is a 69 overall so drew lock who has no pocket awareness in the game is just getting crushed <laughs> because garrett Bowles can't block anyone so you know, there you go. It's not, it's not easy winning with the Broncos in that game. So as much as I want to take that out in the national media, I have a hard time. You can just take that out on, on Madden and put the Madden Madden. Man, it's, I can't imagine winning any games with a 67 quarterback and a 69 left tackle. Oh, whatever happened to good old We Get Mad Wednesday? <laughs> we may have, you know, I think we need to bring that back this offseason. Pre Bring back We Get Mad Wednesday. Next <laughs> Tuesday on the podcast, comment all of your reasons why we should be mad, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get mad on Wednesdays. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, the next one here is from Sir James Radio. It's for Mace, but we'll see if uh, we can relate to it or if there's a question at the end. 
Mace, I could have gone my entire life without having to hear about the San Diego Supercharger song ever again. One time on my birthday, uh, heading to a Broncos Chargers game at Qualcomm Stadium riding the Amtrak, this one particular Charger fan, Charger fan had one of those walking boombox beer cooler things with that song on repeat for nearly an hour. It was particularly self a diehard Broncos fans. However, many of the surrounding Chargers fans were starting to, to grumble. I proposed that the song be used by the United States military for interrogation purposes, as after an hour on that train being forced to listen to that song on repeat, I was ready to spill any information I had to make it stop. <laughs> and now we're on to day 23 of the Jersey Challenge. Today we're rolling with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think he's anywhere near, near worth the money he's demanding, but I'm choosing Dak Prescott. On my radio show at the time, I was steadfast in pounding the table on Denver taking him. I was met with the same lazy, he's the next Tebow takes. I still believe had it not been for the DUI prior to the draft, he would have fallen as he wouldn't have fallen as far as the fourth round. PSR for the long comment. But I must say I'm no secret Cowboys fan. I was higher on Locke when he came out. Uh, I got to say, I do not like the Cowboys jerseys. It- it's not something I would want to wear. Uh, I don't. I almost want to skip this one. It's a very good jersey. <laughs> but I'm going to go uh, Colorado State product Michael Gallup for my jersey. I figured you would go that way, and I'm going the opposite. I'm going to go with the <laughs> University of Colorado product, Chido Bayouzie. I love that. And opposite sides of the ball covering each other. Yep, yep. And Chido would win that battle. Uh, <laughs> From the other Ryan, Mace, you nailed it on yesterday's trivia question. The quarterbacks to win at Kansas City and Denver were Hugh Millen, who filled in for John Elway after he left that game with an injury in 1994, Kyle Orton in 2009, and PFM in 2013. Zach, Orangina is one of my favorite beverages as well, although I have not consumed it during a Broncos game uh, since having it during the Broncos-Bills game on Christmas Eve in 2011, which proved to be a very bad luck beverage that game. You just had uh, your Chihuahua moment right there. But I think from now on, I'm going to be calling it Orangina. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't a Chihuahua moment. I've always called it Orangina. <laughs> oh, it's perfect now. Now it's really my favorite drink. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm also a huge fan of grenadine. I bet you that Orangina and grenadine go well together. <laughs> I bet they do, man. Grenadine paired with some orange Gina. <laughs> Got to be the best out there. I I don't I I've never liked orange Gina. <laughs> it's too bitter. Wow. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, he says I always tend to have a bottle of grenadine on hand. Mace, in some ways, there is nothing better than just the classic tried and true Coca Cola. And a Mexican Coke in a glass with a lime as well is, well, sublime. Zach, if you love coffee ice cream, I highly recommend Baskin Robbins, Jamocha Almond Fudge, and Tillamook Coffee Almond Fudge, both of which you can find at Denver area grocers. Mm, sounds delicious. How about, uh, Zach, actually, there's a place right across from our bar that will do a, co- a cold brew float. So you get cold brew coffee with coffee ice cream in it. Yep, that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, they're, they're pretty famous for it. All right, he says, my question today is uh, what each of you make of the net rest days for NFL teams coming this season? Kansas City has a staggering plus 10 of rest days, while Denver has a league-worst minus 13. 
with the second league worst being Cincinnati at 11 for the full list. See this link. As always, thanks for the content you individually and collectively churn out to inform and entertain. I direct the DNV Army salute to all of you. Man, too bad this wasn't on uh, We Get Mad Wednesday. There's another person to get mad at. We're mad at Madden. We're mad at the national media. Now we're mad at the NFL schedule makers. Uh, here's my take. The, the Chiefs earned that. You know, they're the Super Bowl champs, so they deserve that. Um, the Broncos don't deserve to have a league worst, though. You know, if anything, it should just go the way of the order of the teams. But maybe it should go – maybe I'm, I'm off on this. And it should be more like the draft order where the team who's worst deserves the most rest days and the team who's best deserves the least. But that would probably seem unfair to the best team. <laughs> maybe they should just make them all the same. Yeah. I mean, I, man, and, and the Broncos have to play – um, against a lot of teams coming off bye weeks and Thursday night games on top of that as well. So doing no favors there. It's a good built-in excuse, though, if they struggle. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> See, our take wasn't wrong. It just the schedule was bad. Schedule. LD- we, just, we, under, we underrated the schedule. <laughs> LDJ, hey, guys. Colin Coward is annoying. I'm sure Zach loves him and his takes on Aaron Rodgers. But darn it. He was spot on about why he thinks Drew will be the second second year quarterback to take a big leap. Now, granted, I feel he's being unfair to the Raiders. Even though I don't like their quarterback situation, they're building a very, very awesome young team. And hopefully with the Mukamara, they can fix that secondary why with Nick Robertson. I, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully. And hopefully join- not. <laughs> yeah. And they have formidable weapons now. So to be dismissive of the Raiders is a little unfair wow we're getting a little unfair to the Raiders huh I couldn't disagree more by the way (laughs) but I don't think the Chargers are going to be good I just don't think with that offensive line and Tyrod Taylor in that situation that defense won't matter but Colin is so accurate in the fact that the Broncos have been bad for the past three years and national people aren't watching so it's easy to be skeptical of Drew's success and dismiss him and this team I guess my only issue is I have no issue with fans doing that, but journalists and football analysts, come on, man, go watch the film. NFL all 22 is still free right now, dude. LOL. Too many people are just being lazy. Anyway, quick question. Do you think Albert O beats out Andrew Beck? Al Ocho Cinco played a lot of halfback at Mizzou. He blocked pretty well as a freshman. Oh, H back. Uh, at Mizzou played a lot of uh, played blocked pretty well as a freshman and could be far more explosive I don't even I don't know even though Jake Butt may be done as a Bronco I liked Austin Ford a lot in training camp and Albert Ochocinco is more explosive than Beck with Vanette being a great blocker third down tight end and what Fant and Albert Ochocinco can bring I need more than just versatility from Beck your thoughts wow um, I have many, but I forgot all of them as they were getting run over by a train. Um, <laughs> I've got, I've got four tight ends making the roster. I've got Fant, uh, Albert Ochocinco, Vanette, and Beck. But if it's three, then Beck's the odd man out easy. Wait, so you have, wouldn't that be five? So you have... Uh, Fant, mm-hmm. Annette, Ocho Cinco, and, and Beck. oh, and Beck. Yeah, yeah, and I. That's what I have as well. Yep. And, and like I said, if it's three, then Beck is easily the odd man out. 
Yep, easily. I mean, Alberto is a lock. Yeah. From Wilma F., gents, how have you not tried Reese's Sticks? They're in the upper echelon of gas station candy. You have not even given it the opportunity to grace your taste buds. I'm appalled. For the love of Pat, please. Uh, I have had those, and they're good. They're like a mix of Kit Kats and Twix. More like Kit Kats, though. Ooh, I love Kit Kats, too. Um, and then that's uh, not relevant. So let's, that's it. That, that That's it. There we go. Drew Laka chiming in saying, hello oh. again. Yeah, we've got a couple more. Hello again, gentlemen. One quick one for today. If someone came up to you and said, you can choose one player from this year's draft class, and I will guarantee that they will hit their ceiling immediately, who would you choose and why? This does not mean the others will not hit their ceiling. It just guarantees that this one particular player will. I will choose KJ Hamler. I think if he can be Tyreek Hill, and I'm pretty confident that Judy is not going to be bust, then the receiving core out of Hamler, Judy, and Cortland will be unstoppable. Thanks for all you do. Hope you and your families are staying healthy and happy. Man, what a great choice there. Um, I could maybe make the case, eh, you don't need him. That's why it's a weird pick to me, but I realize he just has such a high ceiling. What if Natani Muti hit his ceiling right away? Yeah, and then you had another dominant interior offensive lineman. But what would you do? Like, if you could guarantee that Natani Muti would be a dominant left guard, would you move Dalton Reisner to tackle? Man, if only you could throw in. What if he could be a dominant left tackle? I know. Just the arms are just really short for left tackle. Yeah. Mm, would you move? Ah, I'm taking KJ Hamler. Okay. Because right. just like just like him, I think Jerry's going to be just fine. What about Albert Okuebunam? And then you have uh, a well-behaved Aaron Hernandez and Gronk situation. Exactly. Man, that'd be pretty good. I'm I'm with you guys though. I'm going Hamler. Yeah. Oh man, just get Tyree Kill. Man, that'd be good. Jimmy Ball says, what's up, guys? Could you share a funny locker room story that happened in the time covering the team? I've been watching those KJAC TV episodes, and I'm missing those locker room antics. Thanks, guys. You got one off the top of your head? Uh, a lot of ones with Shane Ray. He was, uh, he w- he was very entertaining. I'll say that. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to remember if there's a, one that I can really share on here. A lot of those moments are uh, are – off limits yeah it does feel like what happens in the locker room stays there yeah i mean maybe those are more like 1 a.m at the dnvr bar on a summer night (laughs) yep exactly oh man can't wait for those i can't wait either well (laughs) uh that one's not really funny i mean there was a time that emmanuel sanders snapped on an other reporter for absolutely really no reason at all which time it's happened a couple (laughs) <laughs> yeah um i i can't even really remember the story all i know is that i was sitting talking to cj anderson and cj this was obviously premeditated like emmanuel didn't like this guy and i had learned that just minutes before this he just didn't like this guy and cj anderson saw the guy walking towards emmanuel so i'm of the belief that emmanuel said yo next time that guy asked me a question i'm snapping and because as he was walking towards Emmanuel, CJ stopped me in the middle of my tracks and said, yo, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this. And 
as soon as he got over there, Emmanuel just starts screaming at this dude. Literally, the whole locker room stops in their tracks. Oh. Uh, it was one of those things that it's it's only funny to people like me and Zach who laugh when things get really awkward. <laughs> so, yes. It was really awkward, and I felt really bad for the reporter, but it was kind of funny that CJ saw it coming. And then, again, like, I just have this reflex of when a room goes silent and everyone feels really awkward, I have the urge to laugh. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, that was, wow. Uh, just one yeah. of the many reasons why I'm not a big, uh, big Emmanuel Sanders fan. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for that reporter still. Yep. No longer in the biz either. No, no, my man. Emmanuel tried to single-handedly take him out. God. All right. Uh, is the next one here from Hip Hip Ure? I think that's the last one. All right. Greetings, gents. After listening to this pod, you guys have put my nerves at ease about our cornerback room. You have some pretty awesome points about the depth, the depth we have and how we were able to get by pretty admirably last year with Bosby, Dawson, and Yadam. Also, the addition of Ojemudia is a good third cornerback option. Even though it's not the no-fly zone, it seems formidable. Anyways, Mace, you, men- you mentioned the return of the Bundesliga in Germany for this weekend, and it got me thinking. In Europe, is it fairly common to have huge banners that span several rows of seats around the stadium, along with flags, waving, and chants that can go anywhere from absurd to awesome? A prime example of, uh, of what I was thinking about is what happens at Borussia Dortmund. Um, yes, that's extremely uh, common across all soccer leagues. Even the MLS tries to make it happen. Um, I believe it's called the TIFA, the uh, the giant sign that they hold and pull up. Um, even the CU football student section has started in including these. Um, and then also, yeah, the chance, that's where European soccer blows away American sports. Um, <laughs> they get the whole stadium, like not just like doing like a chant, like, I don't know, like uh, Brady sucks, Brady sucks. They're singing a song. Yeah, like a beautiful song with a choir. It's incredible. It really uh, is. So they have stuff like that. They have goofy ones. Then you have like the flares that are going off, and like smoke <laughs> is everywhere. Uh, the the fan um, the uh, the amount that the fans are united in English football and really just European football as a whole blows away American sports in a way that I don't even know if we can ever catch up. Oh, I I totally agree. It's just such a different culture. Yep. But like, why? Why? It should be. The problem is everything in American sports is so corporate. Like, the Broncos tried to invent a fight song a couple of years ago. Like, <laughs> that just can't be that. Like, you know, if someone's gonna do something like that, it has to be like you and me, and then it spreads. It can't just be like the Broncos are like, hey guys, check out our new fight song. Like. Fight on, you Broncos, go get the win. The team is the best, and we also are sponsored by Empower. Like, it's just like, come on. Like, <laughs> and we also drink gin after we win. <laughs> Make sure it's this type of gin. Hendrix is the best. And take an Uber home after. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can't. It's so... Everything is so corporate in the NFL. It's yeah. and the NFL's the biggest offender in American sports, but all the American sports 
um, just don't have that like organic type of feel to it. Like it feels like those fan groups are really independent and, and they come up with all these things on their own. And there's these big Twitter pages of like the leaders of the fan group and everyone follows them and they send out the new songs and everyone learns them. It's like, instead of like the Broncos just playing a stupid fight song <laughs> in the first game of the season after they score a touchdown because they can no longer play the Gary Glitter song. <laughs> yeah, <You> nailed it. <laughs> and with that, I guess that concludes Week at Mad Thursday. <laughs> uh, that was a fun one, Zach. And, and uh, uh, we do have some media availability with Broncos players later today. So keep an eye out on thednvr.com for an article based off of what those guys have to say. And for now, that's going to wrap it up Wrap it up for us. But make sure you hit up Davidson's if you're trying to get stocked up for your weekend. Of course, you've got uh, Breck Brews there if you want them. All the hard liquor you could imagine. Uh, wine. And now you can go back in and the sales floor is open. So you can actually talk to some of their experts. I went in there looking for a whiskey, a nice dessert whiskey. And the, the dude gave me about 15 different options in my price range. Uh, which was overwhelming for a second. But in the end, it worked out really well for me because I found some stuff that I really like. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Have a great day, guys. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com